1: What is going on, Love Tribe?
0: Hey, guys. We hope you are having a wonderful day today.
1: Yeah, I was going to open with hola, mis amigos, because...
0: (laughs) Our Spanish is improving.
1: Spanish is on my mind and definitely having to, I guess, survive. That's not the right word, but... It's necessary. Stella are, has a babysitter now who only speaks Spanish. So it's forcing me to to practice and realize that I need to get a lot better. So I won't, I won't torture your ears with my Spanish too much.
0: <laughs> it's actually really good. I'm very impressed. It's better than mine. I had to look up, I had to Google today what I wanted to say to the babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty pathetic, but
1: it's, all it's, good. Uh,
0: it's a work in progress.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we are still loving it, getting settled down here in Costa Rica. And we had our first recorded interview uh, down here and went great. Uh, The connection was perfect. Better
0: than when we were in San Diego, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I think
1: it was. (laughs) And we had uh, Dr. Paulette Sherman on and Paulette, And Sarah and I focus on long-distance relationships. And you might be hearing this and saying, well, I live with my partner. This doesn't apply to me. But what we talk about really applies to all relationships. And it's funny, we talk about it in the show, but how long-distance relationship really magnifies the necessity to have strong communication to have all of the things that we talk about so much on the show need to be almost that much better because there's not a lot of room for for miscommunication because you're not with them. All sorts of things that come up that will apply to pretty much all of our listeners. Whether now, obviously, if you are in a long distance relationship, you're really going to love it. But even if you're not, there's a lot of good stuff.
0: Yeah, we um, like Chase mentioned in this podcast. Even if you're not long distance. Some of the things we talk about, communication, trust, setting boundaries and expectations in your relationship, they're all super important for a regular relationship, but it's even more important when you're in a long distance. So really anybody can benefit from listening to this episode with uh, Paulette.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things uh, you'll listen to the show and you're going to find a lot of great stuff, but I just want to point out one of the things I really liked and that we talk about is not skipping over the uncomfortable conversations that any relationship needs to have. Um, and those might be things around kids, religion, um, finances, really the things that like, when you talk about you like you dread sort of like it's, it's the, they're just not sexy. They're not exciting. Uh, but they're important and, and uncomfortable is, I guess, uh, kind of a catch all term, but like you could also change that with boring or, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like who wants to Not sit down? Fun. Yeah, and talk about finances. But it's super important because we talked about on past episodes dedicated to that how people look at money differently. And so, really, having those uncomfortable conversations and we talk about that how that applies to a long distance uh, relationship as well.
0: And you may find yourself having those conversations in a long distance relationship sooner than you would in a, what do you want to say? A normal close proximity (laughs) uh, relationship. And you know, a lot of times that helps you, I want to say filter it out, but it kind of allows you to really figure out if you are going to want to continue nurturing this relationship to potentially, you know, move closer to that person or not.
1: Yeah. It's, it's that much more important because you want to have these hard conversations before you make that commitment to move out of state, to move out of town, whatever it is. So, uh, so yeah, a lot of great stuff in today's show In and yeah, tune in even if you're not in that long distance relationship. But if you are, especially get out the notepad because a lot of good stuff uh, today from Paulette.
0: And as always, you can check out the show notes and the links from today's episode on our website at iDupodcast.com forward slash 122. That's episode 122. And we appreciate you guys so much for listening and we hope you enjoyed today's show. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you choose from over 1,500 licensed therapists. Get matched with your perfect therapist today by visiting Talkspace.com forward slash I do. That's Talkspace.com forward slash I do. Hi, Paulette. Thanks so much for joining us on
2: the show today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: So we've given our listeners a little overview about your background as a therapist. Why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their
2: relationships. Uh, Sure. Um, So I'm a licensed psychologist and I've really dealt with the gamut of issues um, early on but now I would say for about 10, 15 years, I've been specializing in romantic relationships. And um, although I love helping people in general, I really love that because I feel like relationships are a really great laboratory for helping us to learn to love ourselves and others more and to see what gets in the way of that. So that's mostly what I do now. I do marital therapy, I do dating coaching, and I also do psychotherapy around romantic relationship issues.
1: We love it. And Today's topic is definitely going to be something that hits home with a lot of people at one point or another, or maybe they're listening right now, someone has been in a long distance relationship. And I'm sure there are a lot of things that apply to a long distance relationship or that could also apply to any relationship really. Um, But that's what we want to focus in on today because that can be difficult. I, myself, Wasn't really in too many relationships before Sarah and I were together at all But one of them was kind of long-distance and I can imagine um, I know there's married couples that are not with each other all the time So let's jump right in and talk about what some of the biggest issues people have uh, In trying to make a long-distance relationship work
2: Sure um, and I, you made a really good point too. Is that it really depends on the stage of relationship you're in, uh, the issues that might come up as well. <clears throat> Some common issues maybe across the board. I could start with that would be like self-esteem issues, feeling as though maybe um, the person, especially if you're dating and you're not, you don't have that lifetime commitment, that the person you know may not like you as much as you like them. They may not miss you as much. They may not need you as much. Um, but even if you're married, that can come up because I have that a lot with couples. Um, If someone travels for work, right, that they're happy and they're busy and they're, you know, and the other one might be at home and feeling like, wow, I'm just thinking of them and and I'm not a priority for them if they don't reach out and let me know. Um, So that's one example of an issue. Um, Also, you know, um, not knowing there's always uncertainty when you're dating in a relationship, but not knowing where it's going to go and if somebody will like you enough to move or if you would want to move because it really it speeds up the trajectory of a relationship a lot of times if you're dating because you're really investing so much in that person. Um, And so sometimes you would have to make bigger decisions sooner um, because you want to know is this going to work or not, you know, kind of thing. Um, What are some other long distance relationship issues? I was going to just jump right in
0: and 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 ask if you can maybe give our listeners some advice who are in who's in that situation where they don't really know where it's going or maybe they feel more serious, but they're not quite sure if their their partner does. What's a good way to start that dialogue to see uh, where
2: the where the relationship is going to go? That's a great question. I'm laughing because I I actually (laughs) have that question even in regular relationships. A lot from daters that see each other every day or a few times a week. Um, and they're afraid to rock that boat because, if again, that self-esteem issue, if I like them more than they like me, will I scare them? You know, Am I going to push them? Is, is it going to sound like an ultimatum? Um, however, particularly if it's a long-distance relationship, there are a lot of just practical things like you're probably spending more money. You may be taking vacation days to go see that person, right? You're putting your life on hold, and especially if you might move there um without a ring or without any you know a commitment of some sort uh that's a big risk so i think it is really important in general but particularly when it comes to long distance relationship to put your cards on the table and say you know i really like you uh that's why i'm putting in this effort if that's the case let's say and i do want to know where this is going um <clears throat> to to put more emphasis on that i would say that if a lot of times i get clients that are like 35 36 um and they have a biological clock ticking so if it's a, it's exacerbated by a situation like that you might might want to share that you know hey i'm re- i'm concerned because i was looking to get married in a year or so and then have a kid, so I don't have all the time in the world. And if this is something that, you know, is not going to be serious or may not have the um, potential for us to really come together and, and form some kind of partnership that's going to lead to that vision, then then I need to know that now. Um, so, you know, you can choose your own words, but I think it's really important to be authentic. Um, However, you know, if you're younger and you're not necessarily looking for marriage or commitment, then, you know, there might be um, a possibility that you would want a long-distance relationship and you wouldn't care so much where it's going and that would be okay for you. So I can't assume everybody has the same agenda, Um, but that would be to have the, how to have the conversation. And ideally, it would be better to probably do it in person because, uh, you know, then it's just easier to communicate. You can see body language, you can modify for tone, (laughs) which I think is a big part of communication. So that would be helpful if possible.
1: Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that about the in-person communication because to me, even Sarah and I have been together for what, almost nine years, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, almost nine. Yeah, and we when we're texting with each other, the tone can get lost. We haven't had any (laughs) like huge fights, but definitely there's times where it's like it's just a little off and one of us might get irritated
0: I know there was one time where Chase had text something and I immediately was like, what's wrong? Because he didn't put any emojis after yeah. it. And I just, yeah. I like, well, didn't quite know, you know? And then I'm like, okay, we need I to have like, this conversation when we get home.
1: Yeah. I was like, nothing's wrong. I just didn't feel like using <laughs> emojis. <laughs> but
2: but it, I was going to say, do you guys use emojis? Because that's going to be... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm a heavy uh, okay. emoji user. And oh, yeah. I guess that's why Sarah <laughs> thought something was wrong, but nothing was wrong. But it's so true. Like here we are, we've been with each other nine years. We know each other pretty well. We communicate pretty well, always could improve, but where that it can get lost. So I imagine like, especially if it's early stages of a relationship or it doesn't even have to be, it could be middle, whatever. But when you are not face to face and a lot of people are texting these days, then it it, It's a critical thing that like to me, I would say just pick up the phone like if it's any sort of touchy issue if you're talking about, hey, when should I visit or this and that like if you're doing that through text, I I feel like that can just go wrong so many ways.
2: I completely agree. I was just interviewed for a Marie Claire article like a day or so ago about technology. And even when you're married, I mean, there can be so many issues with that. So if you can pick up the phone or if you are seeing each other every two weeks, maybe that conversation can wait. It would go much better if you were in person. So it depends what's possible or at least, you know, even FaceTime where you can see the person somewhat. Um, So I would agree with that. I'm not a huge fan of texting, especially for serious conversations. So. So
0: one thing I think would be a huge proponent in a long distance relationship is trust and being able to trust your partner So, and really establishing those trust boundaries. So, you know, like communication and all these other things, it's very similar to a regular relationship. But is there anything in particular about trust and setting those boundaries that's important for
2: a long distance relationship? Absolutely. Um <clears throat> I feel like because you're seeing that person less and maybe you have potentially more worries that they could meet somebody or that they're going to forget about you or those kind of things early on, I feel like you might be m- often you would be more sensitive to whether they're being their word. So if they say like, "Hey, I'll give you a call," and then they just don't call, you may be particularly worried because you're not going to see them the next day or you don't know what they're up to. I mean, it depends on the personality type and how much independence and um they like and how much self esteem they have. But in general I think it's really important to be your word and to at least send a text and say, hey, my meeting went over or whatever, I'll call you tomorrow or I'm tired to let them know as much as possible. Those kind of things because it's easier to create stories in my experience with people um, when they're not when you're you're not seeing them on a regular basis or they're not right in front of you. So at least in the beginning I think that's the case.
1: Yeah. Communication and, and just it seems so obvious, and we talk about it so much, but it's not easy to do right, and and it's so important because it can it can create great relationship at the same time it can make things go south really fast. And it's it it's, it's like I said, it's simple, but uh, not necessarily in practice. Um, I want to talk a, a little bit about even like when when. I hear long distance relationship, I picture, you know, someone flying in to see the person um, on the weekends, it can look like a lot of things. Obviously, there's many versions and a lot of what we're talking about applies to all of those, Um, some being more extreme cases than others. But we just moved down to Costa Rica here and the last week has been pretty crazy for us. We've been all over the place and on top of that, our two-year-old decided to just have this crazy sleep regression where she's not sleeping. (laughs) And when she's sleeping, it (laughs) it was like, that was the time that Sarah and I would talk or like, you know, when our two-year-old's not running around, like during her naps. And then at night she would go to bed, you know, let's say eight. And then from like eight to 11, we would talk, watch Netflix, whatever. And for the last almost two weeks now, it's been all out of whack. So what I'm getting to is even though we've been together, the distance between us has kind of figuratively grown. So even though literally we're, we're oh, yeah. still together, that we haven't been connecting as a couple. So I, I just want to say this because our listeners out there are like, well, I'm, I'm with my partner. I'm not flying to see him. I think and just from this last couple of weeks and it's happened before but we get busy with jobs with life and it can feel like a long-distance relationship with your partner even if you're living together, not to mention if you have a two-year-old. so so <laughs> these things are really resonating with me and, and can be important uh, in a in the non-traditional sense of a long-distance relationship.
2: Absolutely, and you know, as wonderful as we all know, kids are, and they are—they really bond you. Uh, People have likened it to throwing a grenade into a relationship when you have a kid, because the first four months you're not even sleeping, and then, you know, and there are just so many stages that are new. Um, So, just as a person, you're trying to kind of acclimate, and then as a couple, it's a whole new ball game as well, Um, and a lot less time for each other. So. One thing I always suggest around that, um, in terms of the distance, is like when you can, because it's really hard before age two or even like you know slightly after that. But if you can get a babysitter and have a day night, or even do it at home, that's kind of um, the one of the most important things I think long term if it's possible, just to sort of have that time to talk to each other and have fun together and just be a couple without being parents and all the other you know madness that goes on domestically when you're when you're starting a family. So.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. It's super important.
0: And that kind of leads into my next question about long distance relationships and the importance of keeping the romance alive and keeping it fresh, even when you're not together, because that is so important. Um, and then, you know, when you are together, uh, doing more spontaneous things together so that, It really can keep the romance alive. So what, I guess, are the benefits of that so our listeners understand why that's important?
2: Well, in all relationships, I think um, it's very important to do romantic things and to keep the novelty and the passion alive because research has shown that after, like you know, two and a half, three years, that hormonal, you know, being in love feeling changes more to companionate love, so you can still have a great sex life, and but it actually helps to do novel activities, even like a roller coaster or things that are scary or go dancing, because then you associate that to the person and it brings back that feeling to some extent. And also because, like, our lives as adults sometimes become so full of business partner responsibilities and familiarity, right, that sometimes that can also affect the passion. So it's, so it's important to inject fun into the relationship, newness, learning, you know, and also to leave a lot of those responsibilities behind. So I'm saying that in general, but also in a long distance relationship, you're making a lot of sacrifices, right? You're not having sex on a regular basis, possibly if you're apart for long periods of time, you're having to talk on the phone and and what have you. So I think sometimes expectations, can be a little higher for when you actually do meet up. So it's good to put in that effort and planning that you might've done when you're early on dating as well in that way. Um, and to really make memories so that you can hang on to those for the next time that you meet up as well. So,
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that. And and again, it doesn't have to be long distance, but to keep that, that spark and that passion alive, it, it's so important. And it's something that I think it doesn't come easy. And Sarah and I definitely could do it more often um, as far as trying something new. Like like I just said, we have a Mm two-year-old, so everything is like out the door. Your analogy of a grenade is uh, pretty accurate. Sorry about that. You you have to go (laughs) to extra lengths to, to do that. But yeah, it's like just taking that pause. And I think uh, now that we're here down in Costa Rica, obviously that's got a bit of novel novelty to it in itself. But like really going out of our way uh, to do something. So maybe we're due for uh, like a horseback ride on the beach. I've seen some oh, horses. Yeah. Or zip lining. Zip yes.
2: lining would be really there great, right? I don't think you think you're two I, two-year-old, but maybe the two of you could... <laughs> get away for an hour oh, or yes. two if you have a good babysitter
1: yeah, yeah zip yeah. lining through or, the jungle or you even know, a picnic
2: on the beach i mean i don't know the weather there but yeah, yeah. something like
1: that well i think the other day we went for um, a family ride and uh, on the dirt roads here in in my newly acquired skills of driving a manual uh car and that was a bit of an adventure in itself so <laughs> maybe we i think we bonded a little bit on that but uh, <laughs> but yeah i, I just want to stress that for, for ourselves. Um, and then for our listeners that are, have been with a partner for a while, um, really making that effort going out of your way it, because you do, it doesn't just happen. It doesn't naturally, you don't just, uh, go zip lining without, without some planning and some intention. So really try to do that. Um, Going back to the the long distance stuff, how how can someone plan with their partner? Uh, as far as I, I imagine, the logistics of visiting and, and a lot of trouble can be found in in this area. How can people navigate uh, the the Visitation.
0: Even, oh, sorry, I was going to cut in, even like with financial reasons, like who pays for what yeah. does, you know, one person always traveled, you split the plane ticket. Like, how do you work those types of conversations?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question because I think finances are often important and we sort of set a pattern in motion and people are, another thing they're worried about talking about is that sometimes because they don't want to seem unfair or they have, they kind of harbor beliefs, even in dating, right? That The guy should pay more if they're traditional and then, you know, but they go along with it and then they're resentful. So I think this is just one area of communication that can be sticky, that it's really important to be authentic and to say your feelings, but also to listen and be fair and listen to what the other person needs. I mean, um, some modern couples, you know, would just assume that they would split it if that's possible. Sometimes they would prorate it if one person, you know, makes more. I don't care who it is, but, you know, say, you know, I'd really like to see you. I, let me buy you this ticket or they'd surprise them with a ticket. Um, and other times if they're pretty traditional, they may expect the guy to pay, you know, if he wants to see them or something in the beginning. So that just depends on the couple and the sort of their belief systems. But it's a good way um, because I talk a lot about dating and and how to know. You know, if somebody might be right for you before you get married or serious, it's a good way to see if you're on the same page around finances, right? And what's possible. Um, for example, if somebody's, you know, five hour drive in, in DC or something like that, you could take the bus, right? It would take you longer. That would be a possibility. Or you could take the train or you could drive, whatever. So it's going to be all different or you could fly. So it'd be all different amounts of money. So you could work it out that way as well. You could meet in between depending where it is, Um but I will say that even though it's very difficult, I have seen it happen where people might have met, like, say, in New York on a pub crawl. One guy was from Atlanta, and she was from New York, and they would see each other first sporadically, then when it got more serious, every two weeks. And then she moved there, and they had twins. So I think the good part of it is it's a sign that if people plan and they're very ready and committed, then if they can get through that tough situation, then hopefully they can problem-solve and get through other things as well. Um On the downside, I think sometimes people think that they're not going to break up or they'll be good together, and sometimes they they don't do as well when they actually do reunite and they're in the same city. Like studies have shown that I think it's like a third of people do break up um, like three months in. So I think there's that. Like you can idealize or fantasize about the person too. So, so, you know, getting down to the nitty-gritty about money and about practical things is actually a good thing when you're long-distance because those are some of the things that you might skip over.
1: Yeah otherwise you know yeah so. it's, it's almost like a uh it, it's not something you necessarily want to have to do but it's almost like a good filter uh for as if it's going to be a successful relationship because if you can navigate those issues that are above and beyond what a couple that live in the same neighborhood would have to deal with. If you can communicate clearly, it's super important. Uh, but then you come out the other side and it, you're probably going to have a, a happy uh, relationship and, and be together for a while. Um, but you mentioned that three month, uh, area that where, where there's breakups, how can someone that is debating, moving from New York to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. What kind of questions can they ask themselves and ask their partner uh, before making that step?
2: Yes. um, Well, a long time ago, I've written several books, but one of the books I self-published was called uh, Shared Vision. I think it was called like 100 Conversations to Co-Create Your Life Together, something along those lines. It's on Amazon. But anyway, that's for couples, and you don't really need to have 100 conversations, but that's for couples even who are living you know, in the same proximity of each other. And I think we often skip over that. We're in love. We have that feeling. We love being together. We like the, who the person is from all we can see. And we just skip over all the kind of uncomfortable conversations about money, about religion, about um, how discipline and how we want to raise our kids and all this kind of stuff. And then we wonder why a lot of people get divorced. You know, 50% of people get divorced because we didn't have those uncomfortable um, conversations. But to go back to what you're saying about if you want to know, you know, should I take that leap of faith if people uh, don't work out after three months? I mean, one thing is extending visits if you can. If you have two weeks off from work, let's say, and you're a teacher or you are able to take some time off, you can spend extended time like that. I'm sure you probably go on mini breaks or vacations, right? If you're long distance, you probably go away for a week. It's not the same thing, though. Um, And so ideally, if there's some way to, like – at your apartment or if somebody is, like I've seen this happen with clients I've had, if they're a computer scientist or something where they can work virtually for a period of time um, or even take a sabbatical possibly, then there might be a way to kind of hedge your bets and spend some time together, a good amount of consistent cohabitation time to really see if you can work through some of those things. I mean, in life, it's always a risk, but I would suggest that if you're not getting engaged and if you don't know that you're 100 percent compatible or commitment right or committed, then you know to maybe have some things in place where you could return and have your community or your job, or you know, you wouldn't completely upset the apple cart and where it would be um, fair in terms of like how much each of you are kind of investing, if that's possible.
0: Yeah, I would imagine that it's very hard to be in a long distance relationship and have expectations or visions of the future with somebody that you've never really spent a long period of time with. So I imagine those first three months are even harder because you're far away from them and you don't know how it's going to be when you are even really close with them for a long period of time. So I imagine
2: that that's really tough. It is tough, and, and I think that, you know, you can ask a lot of questions. Like I was saying in that book, you know, you can ask about, you know, what are your beliefs about money, and are you a spender, are you a saver, are you neat, or are you messy, you know, these kind of things. Um, are you a night person, are you a morning person, what, what have you. Um, and that's really important, but I think there is something about the experience of living with somebody and seeing their reactions and their defenses and their boundaries and um And just the feeling of actually being together is is very different for long periods of time. So, uh, you know, unless you do it, I think it's kind of hard to know. Um, And the other factor is just if it is difficult and there are a lot of things that come up, then there's the factor of just being fully committed and working them through um, because that's always helpful.
0: Yeah, and it's always a good way to find out if any of your deal breakers are, you know, something that they do, like they're super messy or you know i don't know i always think of that because chase and i joke around that he's messy but he calls me messier and so it's kind of one of those funny things we always joke with each other but i mean for some people being messy could be like a total deal breaker so it's it's good to know those things
2: yeah, and it's very easy to sort of imagine what them as you want them to be. You know, we do that early on in dating, but it's easier to do when it's long distance. So even though you, you probably are spending some time together, they people could kind of still be on their good behavior or you're just so excited to see the person, you're not really thinking of those things as much. So my guess is it kind of extends that idealization behavior. Um, which, of course, is fun and bodes well in relationships. Research has showed, like, you know, and even in marriages, when you idealize a partner, you, you tend to stay married longer. But the downside is that nobody's going to be perfect. And, you know, the other things are going to kick you in the butt after you commit. So you kind of have to accept the whole person and be able to work through those, those challenges, um, you know, and to be able to problem solve together. Because if Someone's really messy. Maybe you would be able to hire a maid a certain amount of time, or wh- what have you. But both people have to be willing to not get defensive and work on finding solutions or compromises.
1: I'm I'm glad my messiness wasn't a deal breaker for Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> for the record, she's just as messy as me, even uh, though okay. she likes to think she's okay. not. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, it, it is. Uh, those are important things to do. And and I want to just touch on. The having the uncomfortable conversations, because again, uh, to me, that's a great example of it's applicable in any relationship. And even for for someone that's been together for a while, of having like establishing clearly like, hey, how like now that we have a two year old Talking, how are we going to discipline her? You don't have to do it all on the first date, right? But as you go, like <laughs> no. really taking the time to to have those conversations that aren't fun and they're a little bit tough, but to to really talk about, um, it, it can be so valuable to help prevent uh, stress down the road.
2: I agree, and I and I definitely don't recommend talking about it on the first date. In fact, I'm doing it online course right now on dating and I say a lot of these more serious conversations can happen like right before you decide to get exclusive and you're closing down your options and I personally recommend dating different people for a little while, you know, three, four months and then having more of those conversations and you just want to have fun in the beginning and, you know, and be yourself and stuff. But um, but even, you know, when you're married and you went through so many different things to see if you're compatible, you still might not be thinking of the nitty-gritty of what it. you might not even know what it's like to be a parent if it's your first time. So it's understandable if you guys didn't have all those conversations. And, you know, in the event that you are really incompatible on something, hopefully it's not a deal breaker and you can come to some place in the middle, um, you know, and kids have been known to go to their parents for different things. But it's important to try to get to be as much as possible united front on major issues so the kid isn't confused ultimately, right? But we're all, you know, sort of, no, no parent is ever perfect and all trying to figure that out. Um, but I do think it can be a good initial conversation to talk at some point when you're getting married or before that about, you know, how you were raised and sort of your values and, and what was important and what you liked and didn't like about that in terms of the parenting because um, it can give you a better idea of what to expect and how you want to be different.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a I mean, that's great. I've never really thought of it that way. But that's a a great way to look at it to kind of compare like what you've experienced into how you want to uh, really uh, have your new experience with your child. So that's, that's a really good way to think about it. Um, Before we go on to the lasting love round, is there anything else you would like to add any other advice, advice or helpful tips for our listeners who are in a long distance relationship? No, I mean, I think
2: the main thing is to be yourself and to, you know, have fun and enjoy the person without trying to, you know, quickly make a decision, too quickly make a decision, but at the same time, not hold back too much in terms of any fears or anything you really need or in terms of um, any difficult conversations. Because like I said, if they end up coming out in the long run, ultimately, and can be deal breakers down the road. Um, and since you have so much at stake, it's better to kind of have them... You
1: know, a few months in. Awesome. Well, now we got to go forward to the lasting love round.
2: But
0: first, let's take a break and talk about one of today's sponsors, Talkspace.
1: Talkspace is an online therapy company that will allow you to choose from thousands of certified and vetted therapists where you can communicate with them directly through your phone, through text, email, video chat, Or voice, and it's super easy to do. And obviously, you're listening to this podcast, so you want relationship advice, whether you're in a rut or you just want to take your relationship to the next level, talking with a therapist is the best way to get there. Besides listening to I do podcasts.
0: So if you want to sign up today, head on over to Talkspace.com forward slash I do and get $30 off your first month. That's Talkspace.com forward slash I do and enter the promo code I do.
1: Talkspace therapy for how we live today. Zola is a wedding company that's reinventing the wedding registry and planning process to make the happiest moment in a couple's life even happier. Zola registry has everything you love about your favorite department store, plus things like honeymoon funds, fitness classes, wine subscriptions, and so much more.
0: I was on Zola a website the other night helping my girlfriend sign up for her wedding registry and we loved how easy and convenient it was to use. And not only is it easy and convenient, but it's free and really fun. It's like online shopping for gifts that will be given to you. And in my opinion, that is the best kind of shopping.
1: Zola has a free suite of wedding planning tools, including free wedding websites, customizable checklists, and a guest list manager. And all of those tools can be managed right from the Zola Weddings app. So no messing around with a printer or running around town with a big wedding binder. It's all in the app. And now, I'm no wedding planner. Sarah did most of it, but... I think I can manage with this app. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So to sign up with Zola and receive $50 credit toward your registry, go to zola.com forward slash I do. That's Zola, Z O L A, dot com forward slash I do to get $50 credit toward your registry. What is one tool or practice our listeners can use on a daily basis to help improve their relationship?
2: Um, I definitely recommend a date night, as I said, ideally weekly and um, ideally going out and having fun and doing something new. But I know that's hard with babysitters if you have kids and, and it can be expensive. So, you know, even doing it at home works too and coming up with some ideas, of things to do at home once your kids are asleep, but just focusing on each other.
1: Super important. And yeah, it. we've been making an effort uh, in, when we were at home in San Diego for the last month of trying to meet up with our friends uh, every week. And I was like, man, whatever we do when we go out to dinner, just double that with the <laughs> <times> babysitter. <two. laughs> and I was like, this is getting
2: expensive. Yeah, it gets really expensive. One of the books I recently, my most recent book was called The Book of Sacred Baths," and it has a section. I don't know if you guys are bath lovers or take showers, but it has a section for couples baths. So you can just put in some Epsom salt, and different essential oils, and it has a meditation, and you can kind of have that downtime together, and it's pretty much free. So, oh, I mean, there's always idea. ideas, and there's a lot of ideas on Pinterest and different dating books, so
1: I'm, I'm you know, at, if you're not
2: able to go out.
1: I want mm-hmm. one tonight. Maybe <laughs> ah, okay. go to sleep. <laughs>
2: you're going to take one tonight, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah bath, Stella sleeps, okay. bath hopefully. Bath date. <laughs> Wonderful. You don't need the essential oils. I mean, I just put that in as an extra layer because like, for example, lavender is supposed to be relaxing and orange lifts your mood. And there's different ones that are supposed to be for attraction and you can mix them with epsom Salt, which is for detoxification. But, you know, especially if you're not sleeping or you're really stressed out with a kid, something like that is a great ritual because it resets you, it re-energizes you, recenters you, and it kind of attunes you to one another without words. Um, So I find I take couples baths with my husband sometimes for day-night, and I find it's really helpful to shift from the day if you've been working a lot, both of you.
1: We love that. Well, is there a book or resource you could recommend for listeners who want to improve their relationship?
2: Um, Probably, well, for dating would be Dating from the Inside Out, which is the first book I wrote. It's published by Atria Books, Simon & Schuster, and it's sort of a manual about how to take what didn't work, in your unconscious blueprint from your family and a lot of your limiting beliefs and get and kind of clear those out and create what you do want consciously instead. Um, And then for marriage, I don't know a particular one, but I like John Gottman um, because he's like the foremost marriage researcher. So he wrote a lot of books on for marriage.
1: Well, we will have those books in your show notes on idopodcast.com. All the links will be there.
2: Yeah, wonderful. Thank you.
0: We've been married for three years now. Is there any advice you'd give newlyweds?
2: Well, I already covered the date night one. (laughs) I would say um, continue to compliment one another because, you know, the rule of fives, right, where they say that for every negative thing you say, you should say five positive things. And I find... I don't know about you guys, but it's really easy to have that shift from when you're dating and you think the person's oh so wonderful to when you notice everything annoying and all your pet peeves. So to try to temper that and really still put goodness um, and positivity and support into the relationship and to the other person on a regular basis as much as possible.
1: What advice would you give our single listeners looking for a happy relationship?
2: One thing is to know your past patterns and what hasn't been working, and the type that you tend to pick again and again. If it's not healthy, and my book goes into that, dating from the inside out. Um, but also to not reject yourself in the process and to keep dating. It's really a numbers game, so to take action, um, to choose wisely, and also not to have too, you know, to have a list of essentials and deal breakers, like I think Sarah mentioned, but uh, to not have it be too, too long a list, right? To be reasonable.
1: Yeah, it's uh, true because if you put up, we were, we had a past guest, we talked about dating filters and one of her recommendations was take the filters off because if you have all these filters, obviously you got to have your values and those are important to stick to. But sometimes what you think you want isn't necessarily what's going to be best.
2: Yes, And so my book talks a lot about, about more about, you say values, but sort of... Um, had a date from the inside out based on spiritual things that you want or more emotional things you want rather than getting attached to a particular package like he has to be 6'2 or he has to make this much money. And a lot of those ego things that we think we want, but more essential qualities that can be broadly defined and then you concretize them. So like if you say, I want someone kind, it'll be someone who's as attuned to other people's feelings as he is to his own. And then you can see that in vivo on dates or in his life. So it really helps to ground you and become clear without being a huge laundry list. And I think deal breakers can be a good filter, but a few, um, just because let's say that you're madly in love with Brad Pitt and he doesn't want kids and you know that you really want kids and you're 37, you probably can't have a two year affair, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, fall madly in love and say, Oh, I'll just get married anyway. Cause that wouldn't be good if you, you get what I'm saying. So yeah, I think it's, it's, Best to be present and to be able to be surprised by what might actually really be fulfilling to you, but also to have some clarity before you the hormones and the unconscious stuff quick kicks in, you know.
1: Absolutely. Well, Paulette, we really appreciate all the great advice you've given us today. Sarah and I have a bath date night
0: Ah, scheduled for tonight. (laughs)
1: Hopefully tonight. I got to book a zipline tour. We are we're going to have some things to do, and I think our listeners will as well. And uh, If
2: you guys send me your address, I will, um, from, via Amazon, I'll send you the book so you have the recipes, oh, too, yeah. awesome. in the future. We
1: love it. Well, we, okay. <laughs> we appreciate it. So why don't we finish by having you tell our listeners where they can find you, and then we'll say goodbye.
2: Sure. So I have two websites. It's uh, sherman.com and mydatingandrelationshipschool.com. So yes, you can email me and find all my offerings on there.
0: Excellent. Well, all those links will be on your show notes page so our listeners know to go there. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a great interview.
2: Oh, thank you. I love talking to you guys.
0: We hope you guys enjoy today's show. If you want to check out the show notes or the interview links from today's show, head on over to our website at idopodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab and you'll see this interview up at the top, followed by all of our other past interviews. And while you're on our website, check out our 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge. We send you a daily email with doable challenges to help strengthen and make your relationship even better and on our website we also have a bunch of free resources in the form of downloadable guides and workbooks Um, so for example uh, some of the topics include how to cultivate respect in a relationship how to heal from a bad breakup step-by-step guides to help couples manage conflict uh, how to affair proof your relationship. Those are just a few of the topics that we talk about uh, in these free guides. So if any of those sound interesting to you, you can check those out on our website at idupodcast.com. We hope you guys enjoyed today's show.